Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Stephen Parato. Stephen is a meditation guide, creativity wizard, a writer and author, an ancient wisdom keeper, and the founder of feelinggoodfeelinggreat.com. His passion is to share sacred tools that enhance your intuition, create mindfulness in the daily life, and tap into your creative genius. And so with these words, welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm just excited to, to see where this goes and how we build off each other with this. Yeah, I think that's a good starting point for a conversation. I feel like building off each other in conversation, that's, that's the mindset, right? Is, um, so often in life, I've observed people being upset when they get interrupted or people wanting to converse in a certain form, but really because we are 8 billion people and it's so different how every single one of us is, I, I totally dig that wording. We're building off each other. Yeah. Yep. It's a build. So instead of like one person just saying what they had in mind to say, it's like we're adapting to each other and creating that synergy as we go back and forth. I, I love conversations like that. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, de definitely. There is this energy of like co-creating in the real moment in life right now. So Stephen, let's, let's start getting to know you a little bit more. I'd like to understand you just published a book uh, called a book for you that you, when you launched it, you shared it with, um, homeless people in the streets of I think of your hometown is that right yeah tell us a little bit about yep. how that happened and what that intention was yeah with this book I had a realization like many of us do like of some of my selfish tendencies so I was seeing that even when I thought I was coming from a pure place that I had some kind of agendas in mind, or I wanted to come off as looking good or, or something like that, like playing into all of these personas. And with this book, I just decided I'm going to put all of my stuff aside and just write the book that can truly inspire anyone and truly like activate the divinity within everyone. I didn't do it to like make myself look smart or wise or anything like that every word was written with the intention of something that I could give to like a homeless person and it could potentially spark a whole different timeline of life for them. And the idea came when I remember this specific moment, the idea for it came when I looked into the eyes of a homeless person one day and I saw like myself in them. So I had that deepened realization of how we're all interconnected and we're all like god embodied in unique forms and that's what inspired me to write it like i wrote it with that intention to spark that kind of thing for anyone who reads it whether you're homeless or you're already like an advanced spiritual seeker so i like this intention i think there's so much merit in this bringing this realization that everyone is um in the words of ramdas who recently passed god and drag right how was it received when you gave out these books into people who currently live in the street? So what I did is I put together 
care packages. So not only the book, but I put together like packages with food and socks. And I went to a homeless shelter with all of these care packages and, and gave it out because I didn't just want to give the book. I wanted to address like every level of help, like the physical stuff, like the socks and the food, but also the mental, emotional, spiritual help with the book. So I went in there and I, I talked to a bunch of people there and like they were really amazing people, people that were homeless, people that you would usually judge, amazing, amazing people. And here's something that I haven't really told many people at all is that when I was at this shelter, this one guy walks up to me and he just asked me, oh, you wrote that book? Is it about awareness? And like, he didn't look at the book or read it at all. He asked me that if it was about awareness and it really is about awareness. And it kind of freaked me out. And then he just like smiled and walked away. So like, I don't know what to make of that. There's stories of some homeless people being like guardian angels in disguise, like that whole kind of thing. But that was like super interesting that somehow that guy knew that and he asked me that question. It was really magical. That's a good sign, right? Magic moments usually show us that we're on the right path of building massive momentum through many meaningful moments, right? Um, I'm curious. I'm curious to, to see if you got any more feedback or reflections from people that you gifted the book to. Another cool thing is that this woman who heard about what I was doing, she actually bought 40 copies of the book to hand out to one for every homeless shelter in Vancouver, Canada. So she was so inspired by it that her and her husband did that. So that was really, really cool as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what struck me, the ingenious idea when you, when, when you and I first got in touch, is this, this idea to gift something that is a gift, it's a token, it's a, it's a symbol, but it's also like, as I've read the, the manuscript, right, it's like a book that speaks to you and your own awareness. And so no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are in your own journey, it kind of had this awakening or awareness effect. And very interesting. So you just launched this like a few weeks ago, is that right? A couple months ago. Nice. Yeah. So on the rise, if anybody's interested, it's called A Book For You. But tell us more, like you, you've been writing books basically nonstop. No, this is like your, your, your way of expressing your own genius. Yeah. Since probably 2013, I've always been writing a book. So my habit has been to write for at least 20 minutes every day. And, and that adds up. Sometimes I, I write for 20 minutes and it's like nothing. Sometimes I'll write for an hour and produce a lot. So that really adds up. Basically, like every seven, eight months, you, you kind of have a book finished by then. So it's just, been, it's just been a habit. I've always loved writing and loved expressing myself through writing and distilling my own experiences and, and the wisdom that I've received through the written word. And I've just made a habit out of it. So that's where the books came from. It's just sitting down every day and making a practice out of it. Do you miss days or do you just like, no matter what, 20 minutes you're writing and even if it is completely scrambled, you, you keep it or how does that look? 
on rare occasions, I'll miss a day. Because a part of it, it's that balance between like rigidity and, and flow, the masculine and feminine. And yeah, occasionally I just, I won't do it. I'll, I'll let myself not do it. But my habit, like I probably missed a handful of, I'll probably miss like five or six days every year, something like that. Yeah, that, that is indeed like a, a pretty solid habit. I talk about this a lot and both on the podcast with, 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 with my clients, the way we choose to engage in the habits changes everything. So I'm really curious as I'm definitely a writer in, in disguise at this point, what, how did that start for you? Were you just like one day, you know what, 20 minutes, I can do that. Or is it just like this pure like gusto and desire to express? Like what was behind it? It was a combination. Uh, of all of that like I really realized my my passion for writing when I was in college because the only class that I ever paid attention in <laughs> was this creative writing class it was a short story class and I realized like wow I'm actually really interested in this class and every other class I'm just like not not very interested in, at all not participating so like the seed kind of got planted and then I started my blog, Feeling Good, Feeling Great, where I would just explore everything that I was learning and spiritual knowledge and philosophy. And I was just writing a blog post every week. And that kind of naturally led to that habit of writing every day. So it was a combination of things that led to me doing that. Yeah, really cool. Um... Definitely all four new habits. I think one of my favorite all-timers is Duolingo because it even now talks it even now talks to me saying, what can 50 minutes of social media get for you or do to you? And with 50 minutes of Duolingo every day, you actually, over the course of a month or two, you, you can learn the basis of a language up to fluency, which is exactly what you're saying, right? This ability to create a habit that then over time leads to an accumulation of value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about like a little bit every day. It doesn't even take that much. And it's been the same way with like meditation for me. I built a meditation habit by just committing to two minutes every day as soon as I woke up. And now it's more like 30 or 45 minutes, but just committing to two minutes every day is what built a meditation habit for me. Really cool. I like that. That's a very digestible kind of start. Two minutes every day at the moment you wake up. And once you're doing this for long enough, it's actually going to serve you to expand your being. I like it too because it embraces something in all of us that is that this like imperfect perfection, right? So, of course, it sounds heroic if you sit and meditate 60 minutes a day for most people's current habits. But really just two minutes a day are already making the difference if you're actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not overwhelming at all because people get overwhelmed if they're like, oh, I have to meditate for a half hour. I can't do that. But with that like really low entry point, it's like, oh, two minutes. That's it. I could do that. And, and you do it and you build that habit and you, you create that momentum with that. Beautiful. Hey, there were three lessons on that kind of level of, you know, like understanding about yourself, understanding about this low kind of entry point three lessons that you could distill and share with your 15 year old self. 
Travel back in time. What would that be? 15-year-old self. Uh, because we just talked about it, one is meditate more. When in doubt, meditate. Like that is going to be a lever which benefits everything else in your life. And it gets you more in touch with yourself, more aware of your thoughts and emotions and actions and speech and all of that. So definitely meditate more. Uh, number one. Um, number two, be yourself. Like, don't be afraid to be yourself, no matter how weird it may come across to other people, or if people laugh at you, like, really just don't be afraid to be yourself. So many of us have put like, so much pressure on ourselves and created so much pain and resistance and suffering by trying to put on masks and trying to be someone that we're not. And just allowing ourselves to be ourselves, it's, it's magic. And that's what attracts your highest path in life. That's what attracts the people and experiences into your life that are like in full alignment with the truth and the essence of who you are. So being yourself, definitely. And then the third one, probably focusing on giving, focus on giving. So instead of focusing on like, me, 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 what can I get? What can people do for me? All that. Instead, focusing on how can I help this person? If you're in a conversation with someone, how can I help them? Or if you see someone, how can I help them? And that really changes the game because when you're focused on like what I can get, you're creating suffering for yourself. You're creating all these expectations. And if those expectations aren't met, then you you uh, label and judge reality and resist and create suffering for yourself. But if you're focusing on giving without attachment, without agenda, you're in a place of gratitude and it feels good to give. And when you give, people are naturally going to want to help you as well. So yeah, focusing on giving. So I guess that's my, my three. Yeah, that's a good start. I feel like meditation, I can 100% echo. Anytime when in doubt, sit down and breathe and let it pass something completely different with a much higher energetic integrity can rise mm -hmm. so if you, if you keep going on that line right like be you fully commit to being yourself give share help support being of service how do you relate this to the state of the world so if, if we're looking at the state of the world right now that that's out there um you know what do you think is most required in this world that we are living in in 2020? This is actually the question that I asked myself before I wrote the book, a book for you. I was like, if you focus on it, there's so many problems in the world. There's so many people suffering. There's so many people in a worse position than me. So what is the best thing I can do to serve? So based on like my unique skills, my unique passion, all of that, my unique personality, what is the best thing that I can do to serve the world and to, to help people? So for me, that led to writing a book for you because I'm like, okay, I have this writing habit. I, I know how to distill these complex spiritual concepts to make it applicable and implementable for anyone, regardless of where they're at. 
So I'm gonna write a book, the kind of book that I could give it to a homeless person or someone in recovery, and it could spark a whole new life for them. So just asking that kind of question, like what, what's the best way I can serve? And it's going to be completely different for everyone. For some people, it's, it's being a great parent. For some people, it's doing like painting. For some people, it's organizing groups or alternative communities. For some people, it's gardening. So it, it's going to be different for every person. And in that uniqueness and fully owning our uniqueness, we create unity. So it's kind of paradoxical, but through uniqueness, we create unity because we're all doing our own thing and in our own unique zone of genius. And from there, it creates a reality that is like more amazing than we could have ever imagined. Makes so much sense to me. I feel like following the paradox is one of the, the shortcuts actually to, to discover a higher truth, right? Is our diversity actually enables the unity rather than it hinders the unity that, that, that we, we truly are as an identity in that sense. This truth of love embodied and incarnate in the human form. Super curious because, you know, I feel like the regenerative movement in itself has a lot to do with giving our own energy into regenerative efforts. And also in the world, there's still a lot of waiting for the leaders, the rich ones, the, the politicians to change our course and direction. But really what you're saying resonates even more with the logic that I apply to, to my own life and I hope to inspire everyone with who's listening every time is, is like this idea of when you show up all the way as who you are, we're actually living in a world that will fundamentally change from the world we know right now. Yeah. And it ties back to what we were saying about the habits. So as above, so below, the, the micro goes to the macro. So how we implement new habits is through just little, a little bit every day. The same thing with changing and upgrading the world on a larger scale. It starts with really, really small, almost insignificant acts, like seemingly insignificant. But it starts with really, really small things that then when done consistency, it builds and builds and builds and builds. So For that's what listening, I totally echo what you're saying there, Jump, jumping into your word, because, you know, there have been these moments along the journey of the podcast, as well as uh, along the journey of other things have started in the past, but specifically in this podcast journey over the last two years where I was like, wow, in the great sum of things, it still feels like a very small contribution I'm making. I'm maybe reaching a few thousand people here and there, a few th 10,000 people here and there, depending on which episode gets to carry how far. And maybe over an annual basis, it's, it's a little more or a little less. But ultimately, that accumulation of me being me, showing up, learning, interviewing, being curious, I'm realizing more and more how the ripple effect truly is beyond my own understanding. And it's not just a cliche, it's actually the reality that the moment we show up as ourselves and that strength and that clarity, we're actually saying no to chasing a lifestyle that is maybe placed in front of us through media or marketing masterminds, etc. So very much appreciate us hanging out on this topic because I think it's, it's the reality, um, it's like the bridge to an actually holistic reality is when we're following those kind of insights. Yeah. 
And what you said reminded me of a, a quote from, I think it was Voltaire. And he said that no one snowflake ever felt responsible for an avalanche. So it's like, we, we think we're these, these like little things with our, and our acts are kind of insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but it all adds up. Every drop is a part of the ocean. The ocean is just a collection of drops. And like when you're just focusing on how small you are compared to the world or compared to like leaders of a country, you, you forget to see the fact that everyone is a unique aspect of the whole and the whole is only a sum of the parts. So I, that quote always stood out to me for that very reason, because there, there are changes happening that are beyond what the physical eyes can see. And it's hard to see those ripple effects. But once the compounding effect occurs and the momentum builds, then you start seeing it in the physical reality. Yeah, that's, that's really well put. Let me ask a really personal question at this point, because I feel like you said, like, you know, when we go beyond looking, looking good or bad, and, and we're, we're talking about these, these clarities of being ourselves and expressing ourselves. And for me personally, that had to do both with emotional highs and also emotional lows over the time of, of the last 10 years, 15 years, you know. So the feelings of loneliness, anxiety, or depression, like, one, have you experienced versions of that yourself? And then two, how did you embrace them and counter them and, and find your way with them? Yeah, I've experienced all of the above. <laughs> um, even as a kid, I remember just being, just feeling lonely sometimes, feeling like I was so different so much of the time. And when I was a kid, my outlet for that, it was playing basketball outside. Like I would just dribble the ball by myself and shoot on my hoop for like hours at a time. So if I was ever in emotional turmoil or something like that, I would just start dribbling the ball by myself. And that became like my meditation. And that's how I processed emotions. And I experienced that for a long time. And I still do. I still dip into those feelings. Like when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I would have like paralyzing anxiety, especially like social anxiety. Like I wouldn't be able to, to talk to people. I would get really awkward in social settings. And I turned to alcohol to numb that. So in like every social setting, I was always drinking or at a party or something like that because I was afraid to address that that underlying anxiety and that underlying like fear of being different because I've always been unique. I've always been kind of weird and, and goofy, but I tried to play all of these roles. I tried to be like a cool kid. I tried to be like at the parties, like putting on like an image. And like, I went to, to working out, to building up my body as like a shell. So I, so I could be like immune to people's criticism. Like, oh, if I look like this, no one's going to criticize me or make fun of me because I look tough. So I've had to like work through all of that kind of stuff and really peel back the layers and peel, peel off the masks. And recently I've been humbled in so many ways, like one being the need to be a teacher. So I would find myself, I would catch myself like, oh, you're in that like teacher mode again. Like trying to come across as like, 
a guru or someone who's wise or things like that. So that's been the most recent one that I've been letting go of and just really, really allowing myself to be a student and to, to be in that place of not knowing, you know, like very, very Taoist in that sense, be in, in that place of not knowing that beginner's mindset instead of thinking that, that I know everything. So it's been like ups, downs, and everything in between. And the practices that we talked about before have been super helpful, like meditation, writing, all of that has helped me create awareness of all of those patterns and be able to step back and observe it instead of being a victim of it or just staying in that loop. Yeah, thanks for thanks for going there and thanks for sharing that. Observing it, I think what what happened to me on that journey is is also this consistent steady knock of like an internal voice that's like knocking on your door saying, "Hey, if you were to do this, your feelings will actually balance out." Meaning purpose to me is like a natural progression or evolution of going through these waves of emotions. Not that with purpose, these emotions stay away, but they, they turn into like an information system almost. Mm-hmm. In your own words, like how would you describe purpose and like what, what is it for you in, in, your, in your path? You almost described it exactly how I would. It's like, it's like this alignment that is a feeling. So it's, it's like when you're in alignment with your soul or your higher self, whatever you want to call it, you're in that alignment and you feel it. So you get the, the feedback mechanisms via how you feel. So when you're feeling like expansive and flowing and like joy and blissful, it's an indicator that you're in alignment. And then when you're feeling like really anxious or depressed or angry or, or something like that, that's like you're getting out of alignment and, and it's giving you that feedback like, hey, get back in alignment. Don't resist this. Don't judge it, but just use it as a lesson to get, to get back into alignment if you choose to, or you could choose not to and suffer more. So the way you described it is exactly how I feel too. It's interesting, right? Because from that place of alignment, as you call it, or in flow, what starts to happen is action becomes available not because you push yourself and motivate yourself to be there but because there's an alignment between your emotional layer your cognitive layer um, which we can definitely call flow like coherence right and then from this coherence there's clarity and when clarity strikes there's always an action that will follow Mm. if the action is to sit and meditate and do nothing paradoxically it's still an action But if the clarity strikes and the action is go out, meet the next person and share with them who you are, it might still be an odd bits bits of information that's coming out, but it really is consistently how I live my life in this confidence that the infinite will take care of it. Mm -hmm. That's beautifully put. So in your own words, like, you know, I want to ask a few more questions. If you were to change the education system, big question, what would you do? Where would you start? And and who would you invite into that dialogue? Ooh, 
this is the synchronicity is is awesome because i'm going to be speaking to like a whole uh, like board of education uh in a couple months so i got invited to speak on mindfulness to this whole board so excellent it's something that i've been integrating recently and it would start it would all start with mindfulness it would start with it's like the the foundations of life it's like being aware of your thoughts being aware of your emotions being aware of your actions so teaching children a way to create that awareness because that's that's the foundation of life so it will be different meditation practices yoga even things like journaling or different kinds of art anything that facilitates that awareness of thoughts emotions words actions and then building from there and then from there getting more into the nature of reality and things like that as an extension of knowledge of self that's a good starting place how would you include that into the education system i'm just curious i mean we're seeing articles of like meditation was included into uh like kindergarten curriculums etc and i think all of those are great starts at the end of the day though i think they're, they're they're tiny little drops in the ocean that are definitely making a ripple definitely making a ripple but what else do you see is is part of the leverage point there i see like gamification being a big part of it so i when i talk about mindfulness being a part of education i don't really envision it being like a teacher with a chalkboard like this is mindfulness here's the definition here's how to do it 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 would be more like a teacher leading like really fun guided meditations and visualization techniques and then also creating games like even teachers could use their own creativity and their own genius to create games that facilitate mindfulness for the kids like different questions different kinds of board games different interactive games where you're you're becoming more aware of self, more aware of your thoughts and emotions, but you're doing it in the context of a game, which makes it fun and it make it makes the learning environment fun and engaging for the kids because that's how children learn. Children learn through playing and exploring. That's what I learned. Sitting down and watching someone tell them what to do. Totally, that's how I learn right now. Is still that's why I told you about Duolingo earlier is one of my habits. I mean. Uh, definitely shout out to that team of creators at, at, at Duolingo. There's a lot, there are lots of language learning apps out there, but the way it gamifies languages for me and the way it pulls me back in and the way it makes me compare my progress with others in a playful way where competition helps me to actually achieve more instead of just being better than. It's genius. And I think if I compare that to my own uh, pathway in school, you know, it, it's a complete different paradigm. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you another question. Um, question of threes again. Your three favorite places on the planet. Ooh. Ooh. One, I gotta say where I'm, I'm living right now, Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, there's a state park here called the Saratoga Spa State Park that is one of my favorite places in the world. It's like an energy vortex that no one or very few people know about. 
and it's got some of the best spring water in the world. Like that's all I drink. I have some in, in my mug right here. Some of the purest, best spring water in the world and, and mineral springs and all of that. So I really love this. It's a smallish town and it's got this beautiful park and it's right near the Adirondack Mountains. So beautiful, beautiful place. So that's one. And that's why I chose to live here. Um, yeah. I, I went to high school here and then I decided to move back two years ago after doing a lot of traveling and living in a bunch of different places. Uh, what else? I really love um, Portland, Oregon. I lived there for a year and that's got a really cool culture. It's really unique. It's really innovative in so many ways. Um, and that's another place surrounded by beautiful nature. It's a big city, but beautiful nature all around it. And then three, what would be three? There's so many places. Like I, I did the whole, world. yeah, I did the whole quit my job and travel the world thing a few years ago. And like every place I found like, oh, I love this place for that reason. And this place for that reason. Um, let's see. Something that's just, yeah, off of the top of my head, something that's coming to me is Goa, India. Oh. Uh, yeah, like especially the, the town of Arambol. It's like a, it's like very, very spiritual, hippie type of vibe. It's really cool, like drum circles on the beach every night, sunset on the beach. So I really enjoy being there as well. Yeah, really sweet answers. I think it's the heart at any time to give the superlative answer or narrowing down the entire planet to threes. But I'm always curious to understand what places resonate with people for which reasons. And um, you know, what's surprising in a beautiful way is a lot of people start with their home place or where they live because it is often why people choose to live there. Uh, even if they grew up in a place, it's, it's kind of like a continuous choosing of saying, you know what? I actually love the community I'm in. I love the place I, I'm, I'm born in where I, I chose to live. And it's one of those reasons why on the scale of the world, I believe this like global localism makes so much sense as a, a um, perspective to any and all the systems we've built. Of course, we're a globalized world, right? But we're also all local communities. And unless we're embracing the local community structure, there will be no life in our local community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a part of a vision that I've had that I've actually written about recently. It's like this vision of interconnected, like micro eco villages that are all globally interconnected. So like different, different little micro communities. Curious, because that was already the, the, the next question that I had in mind for you, which is the core question of how this podcast came to be. And that's, what's your dream for the earth? If you were to think in a larger time cycle than just our individual perspective on life, but like maybe even a seven generational thinking, 200 or 210 years, not just into the future, but speaking from the now, like if, if we were to understand life as a larger cycle, what's your dream for the earth, Stephen? It would be, the foundation of it would be something like that, like interconnected, like eco-villages. So I envision like everything 
like the architecture being based around nature instead of exploiting nature, like building a home with whatever the materials happen to be, like it could be like hemp materials or, or whatever, but like around trees or like as a part of a hillside, like the Hobbit homes. So I just picture the architecture being an extension of nature instead of exploiting nature. And then having like community gardens and things like that. Um, having, I, I thought this through a lot, like another, another thing is having like this, this currency based on crystals. So having like a crystal, like I'm, I just had all these things about like a crystal, crystal technology, like projecting these holograms as like computers, like that. And then like a crystal technology that also acts as like a monetary device. And the, the money system being more like a recording device than like this, this limitation scarcity thing. So just to help track inventory, basically, something like that. And it all being based on crystals. So I picture like all the technology being crystal based and the crystals projecting holograms. So that's kind of my view. And then of course, having like the freedom, creating the abundance through the, the freer energy and the resources, the food for people to just play, for people to explore their creativity, for people to explore their consciousness, because we'll have the basic needs taken care of through that technology because technology should serve us so it should create the base for us to explore our consciousness and play and and learn from one another so that that's how i view it that's a that's a curious vision i mean in a way if we look at technology it's already crystal based i mean at the core of all of the cell phones we have and all the computers there's a, there's a chip, right? And the chip is based on um, a certain wiring with a certain raw material and ultimately kind of along your vision in, in some sense, even already today. Stephen, is there anything else that you feel called to share, to, to point at, to, to invite people into who are listening right now? Hmm. Hmm. What has been really coming up for me lately, and I've, I've been really compelled to share this, is self-worth. Like so many of us have these issues with self-worth and feel that we're not worthy, feel that we're not worthy to live our best life and feel that we're not worthy to even live that collective dream, that kind of utopia however that may look for anyone. Um, so much of what we've picked up culturally from our parents, the school system, teaches us to deny ourselves and deny our worth. So I feel like a big message for everyone now, myself included, is to really see your worth and reclaim your worth. And you do that by just being yourself, like dropping all the masks, you don't have to put on a show. You don't have to try to be someone that you're not. Just be yourself. No matter how weird it, it comes out, be yourself and allow that expression to flow through because it's a flow. It's, a, it's an allowing. Once you allow that to happen, 
then you're in that alignment and you're in that higher flow of life. And that's when you magnetize all those experiences that are just pure magic and amazing. Powerful, Stephen. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your insights, your perspectives, and that the powerful invitation for people to be themselves no matter what and, and share their weird with the world so that, you know, the, the, the earth as we know it can evolve into a place where diversity becomes the key factor to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. Like, I really, I really enjoyed this conversation. that's that another episode of green planet blue planet podcast i hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights knowledge and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world because this is a movement and we're all part of it very much so and we're in this together we're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win i win and the entire planet wins we're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you. Free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you, and until soon.